Guys, I want to introduce Tremaine Shellman to you. Tremaine and I have been buddies for about 15 years now, something like that. Yeah. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Tremaine came to Murray State University when I was a campus minister there. He was an art major and very, very skilled in the visual arts. He's also an excellent communicator. Tremaine is a guy that he's one of those few people that have spoken into my life at pivotal moments and really changed the way I see things. Um, and I, there's very few people I can say that about, but just through conversations with Tremaine, I've seen things about myself that I was unable to see before. And so I'm very thankful for this guy on a personal level, and I'm super excited that I get to introduce him to you guys so that you guys get to hear his heart and hear what he has to say today. So with no further ado, Tremaine Shellman. Wow, appreciate it, man. Love you. Wow. That's powerful stuff. Uh, can everybody hear me okay? Am I? Yes? All right. All right. Thumbs up in the back. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, HL, I've got to say, uh, I can't see you now because the lights are very bright. Apologize to those of you guys in the front row that are catching the glare here, you know. But uh, as he mentioned, thanks to Tremaine Shellman, uh, right here in the Louisville area. And uh, I have to say, H, I really do appreciate that introduction because uh, H has meant uh, a huge deal in my life. And I did meet him when I was at Mercy University and a campus organization called Christ Ambassadors. But I just don't take it lightly that you have entrusted me to pour into these people this morning. I know you don't see them as your people. You see them as God's people and you're just a vessel. But I still don't take it lightly. And I really appreciate that, H.L. So with that being said, what I'm going to do for you guys today is I'm going to go through my testimony with you all, but I'm going to approach it at a slightly different angle than a lot of testimonies that you're used to hearing, because what I have found is that God works through people, okay? We're a body of Christ, and God works through the relationships that he puts in your life that are godly relationships. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my testimony, but... I'm going to go through it, or we're going to look at it through the lens of different people in my life that have poured into my life that have helped me to become and grow into the person that God wants me to be, okay? So as we run through these things, let's kind of jump into this, all right? Now, first of all, I have to say there's some very special people in the audience. Um, my parents, Rhoda and Oliver Shellman, are here, and they've come out to support. And I think, is that my Aunt Mary as well? Aunt Mary, y'all can y'all wave your hands? So those are my parents and my Aunt Mary, and they came out to support. Love you guys. I, I was really glad to see them this morning. So let's jump into things. Now, first thing i got to tell you guys is I have to start out with my drug problem, okay? Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Jermaine had a drug. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. And my, and my parents got me on it. Okay, and so here's what happened. Literally, every Sunday morning, I was drugged to church. Every Sunday morning. Every Monday through Thursday, I was drugged back to church. Why? Because there were choir rehearsals, there were play rehearsals. Wow, Tremaine, you were in a play? Yes, yes, I was in plays. Which play was I in? All of them. Why? Because my mom was the director of most of the plays at the church. So when your mom's the director, you don't have a choice, and you better have those lines memorized. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's what's crazy. When school was out, oh, man, get home free, right? Nope. They drugged me again, and they drugged me to my grandparents' house, uh, both sides, my dad's side and my mom's side. Now, I want to start out by telling you guys this, is that I am eternally grateful for that drug problem. Does that make sense? Let's jump into some scripture here, and here's how God talks about it. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
And that is what I have found in my life. Now, I talked about that drug problem being drugged to my, to my grandparents' house. And so we'll start out with my first grandparent here. So this beautiful woman right here, her name is Margaret Ferguson. Beautiful, inside and out. Every single person I'll talk about this morning, I could literally speak for hours on each one. But because we don't have that kind of time, I'm only just going to hit on the highlights just to carry this message for you all. Now, in this quote, that was her statement. Stay with the good crowd. Now, she didn't say it like that. Can I, can I paint a picture for y'all real quick? Okay, Grandmama said it like this. And yeah, you stay with the good crowd, now. You stay with the good crowd, all right? Okay, and she put Neosporin on everything, but that's a side topic, okay? But stay with the good crowd. What is she trying to, what is she, what is she mean, okay? Here's what she's talking about. We heard bad, uh, bad company corrupts good morals. What I found, one of our business leaders told me, Tremaine, if you took the income of your the closest five friends, you add them up and got the average, that's going to equal the amount of money you make. And I tried that, and it worked, and it was scary. But then I thought of it spiritually, oh my goodness, if I just took the average of the five closest relationships in my life, and I look at where they are spiritually and intellectually, I came pretty close to where I'm at. So I say that to communicate this to you, that God works through people and relationships you build and develop in your life are vital for who you're designed to be in Christ. Does that connect with you guys? Here's the way God says it. God says it like this, uh, Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. He's also said it this way, this is coming from the Apostle Paul, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I love that. In the part of town I grew up in, there were opportunities for me to travel or hang out with different types of social groups. One thing I found is that regardless of the environment that you're in, you don't have to become like that environment if you choose not to, if it's negative. Does that connect with you guys? And grandmother knew that. Now, I'm going to go to another girl. I'm going to go to the other side of the family, right? Because we can't leave dad out, okay? So this gentleman right here, this is Marcus Garvey Shellman, okay? Now, I have to apologize because I didn't have a, um, a digital picture of him. All the pictures I had of my grandfather were, you know, before the time of digital cameras. So uh, all I have is a digital picture of a painting of my grandfather. Now, as HL mentioned, I was an art major at Mercy University. This is an oil painting of my grandfather. Uh, it's called Taking a Look Back. And if you were to see it in real life, there are images from the Civil Rights Movement in the background. And one thing about my grandfather is during the 50s and 60s, he was very active in the Civil Rights Movement here in Louisville. And he was, uh, he was an entrepreneur. He was in charge of a, uh, a business guild of black entrepreneurs on the West End of Louisville during that time frame. But one thing that I learned from him and what I gathered from his life is that your family name, how you carry yourself, is important. I learned who, who am I, what, what is my culture, what is my history. Does that make sense? What, is, what, what does it mean? What's the history behind my culture? What do we stand for? What does it mean to have the last name Shellman? And he was all about that. Here's the way that God says it, or God words it. He says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Your name is important. 
For those of you daylighters, H.L.'s been talking a lot about influencing the world around you. He's also, last week, he talked about the family atmosphere that we're building here at Daylight and the ability to, to pour into other people's lives. And here's the thing. You know, I found that my witness was, like, not very good with, if I was not performing well at work, if I was not performing well when I was in school. And what I found is that how I carry myself lives way for my witness. Does that make sense? The how good I am or how bad I am can either lift up that name and make it powerful or I can tear my name down. Okay? Now, here's another way that it's word as well. A good name is better than precious perfume. Now, during this point in my life, I'm in high school, getting ready to graduate high school. We're going to go into college. And here's the thing. I grew up at church all the time. And when I would ask, okay, so why is Jesus real, okay, the answer I would get was, because the Bible mm, told me so. I was, I, I'll, can I be honest with you guys? I, I did not like that answer at all. I did not. Because I was like, you know, what if I was not born into a family that was Christian? You know, what if I didn't even believe the Bible was legitimate? Then how... You know, how would I explain to someone, if you don't believe the Bible is legitimate, then if I say, because the Bible tells me so, that wouldn't mean anything to you. Does that make sense? So when I got into college, I was like, you know, I'm going to challenge my faith. I'm going to see if it lives up to the scrutiny. I'm going to see if I can disprove it. And what happened is I came across this man right here. So this is Pastor Mark Randall. He was the head pastor of Christ Ambassadors Campus Ministry in Murray, Kentucky. Through him is where I got a chance to meet HL. For those of you who are wondering, the, the, the kid on the right, that, that was me. That, uh, that was about, oh, 25 pounds ago. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just being serious. And, um, <laughs> and this is when I graduated from, from Murray State. Now, from Mark, again, I could write a book on how many things I learned from Pastor Randall. But one of them, one of the many things, he was, I remember he set me down in a Winslow cafeteria one time, which is one of the cafeterias on campus. And he said, Tremaine, your walk with God, you have to focus on the details, okay? And I was going through some different things at the time. He said, the small pebbles that you're tripping on, not big ones. And he says, just like a painting, because he knew I was an art, he says, your walk with God is like a painting. He said, when you look at a good painting, you appreciate it, not just because of the overall theme, but also because of the details in that painting, right? I said, sure, Mark. And he says, that's the same way your walk with God has to be. You have to walk in excellence. God sweats the details. So, so should you, as you're an ambassador of Christ. So here's the thing. I love this picture of both of them, both of these two men together. These two men never met each other in their lifetime. Maybe they're together now. Okay, who knows? But one thing I can say is that from my grandfather, I learned the importance of how I carry myself and the importance of that last name, Shellman. But from Pastor Randall, I learned the importance of carrying that name of Jesus the Christ. When I carry that name, Christian, what does that really mean? I should be bringing and lifting up the name of Jesus in every single area, in every detail of my life. And you know what, family? Let me tell you what I found out. You know what I found out? I found out that if I lift up the name of Christ in every area and relationship, 
then every other name and title that's attached to me automatically gets lifted. Does that make sense, y'all? So that name Shelman or the name Termaine or whatever, as long as it rests on the name of Jesus and I'm lifting up his name, then all those other titles also get lifted. Now, quick side point. One thing that I've also found, now I'm just going to put this in here because of the 4th of July, but the more you lift up the name of Jesus in a family, a community, in a country, the more every, uh, every piece of that society or that country is lifted. The more you despise or the more you tear down the name of Jesus in a family, a community, in a country, the lower all the worst things can become. Okay? I just put that in there for free. That's a no charge. Okay? Now, I say all that to get to this. The order in which these relationships that I'm talking about are in, so far has been chronological. Went from high school to college, connect with Pastor Randall. This next relationship I'm going to talk about, I know this person since I was, since I was born. However, I'm showing you these people in the order in which I understood what their life meant to me. So here's this last scripture. You probably recognize that some of you may recognize the scripture. Our, you know, pray therefore like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed, which means keep holy, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Now, some of you guys may recognize this is from the Lord's Prayer. Uh, my aunts, my grandmothers, were, it was on like a plate. I don't know if you guys can picture this, but my grandma had these plates that were like hung up like on the wall, and it would have the Lord's Prayer on it. I think one of my aunt's house had it like on some kind of fabric that was matted and framed and placed on the wall, and I had to memorize it. Okay, Remember, mom's director of all the plays, so you got to memorize everything on the planet, I felt like. So I knew it but I really didn't know it. Now, this last relationship I'm going to talk to you about, her name is Aunt Palu. Her real name was Millie P. Larkin, but in the family, we called her Aunt Palu. Termaine, how come you don't have a picture of Aunt Palu? Now, I'm going to share something with you guys that uh, I've only shared with HL, and that was when I was preparing for this message. No one really, uh, no one knows this, so you guys are my family. You're going to hear about this for the first time. Number one, all the pictures she passed on before digital cameras. That's why I have a digital picture of her. But Tremaine, how come you don't have a drawing or a painting of her? And here's why. I used to pride myself on being able to draw and paint anything, but she was the one person I was scared to draw or paint. <laughs> I was. And the reason being is because this person I thought was so powerful so beautiful inside and out. There is no way that I can take what this woman represents and put it on a canvas or a paper. I remember one time I tried to draw her and it just came and I had one of my little art tantrums. I only have these in private when I'm in the studio by myself, but it didn't work out and I'm just like, and I tear it apart, you know? But that's, that's how I felt about her. Now a little bit about, about Millie Larkin. She was the most positive human being I have ever met. Most positive. People say, Tremaine, why do you smile all the time? I learned it from Aunt Palu. Let me tell you, I'm going to paint a picture for you. I remember I would get off the bus. The bus would let me off at around 31st, between 31st and 32nd of West Broadway. I would cross the street, 
and Aunt Palu, I'm getting a little bit of feedback here, I apologize. Aunt Palu would stand behind telephone poles and hide. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something. She would, I say this with love, okay? She was a lot of woman, okay? You know, so she's, you know, you're not hiding. We can still see you behind a telephone pole, you know? But she would hide like this. And then when I would come down the sidewalk, she would go, hey, hey, get it, dude. Hey, 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 I got you, didn't I? I got you, didn't I? Hey, hey, hey. And she would do this in public, did not care, okay? I love it, okay? Sometimes I had after-school programs, and she would pick me up after school. And when she would pick me up, she did not like the interstate, did not like expressways, but she drove on the streets like she was on the expressway. So, you guys understand this, 35 speed limit, 70 speed limit. Ain't Palu, 70 on a, on a you know, speedometer and you know, speed limit says 35. I don't know how she never got pulled over, but we never did. And she would always say, how you say it? Put the pedal to the metal, ain't it? <laughs> and she would, she, would, she would fly. Now here's what else was cool about Ain't Palu. She constantly, constantly, would visit sick, she would constantly feed poor, she would constantly help people. Here's another thing is she was bold. She feared nothing outside of interstates. I'm gonna paint another picture for you. Um, I, I did grow up kind of West End Louisville. Uh, there were a couple rough parts there. Sometimes I, I, I think like the one or two percent that cause the trouble get all the media. So a lot of times that part of town gets a little bit worse reputation, reputation than what is uh, actually exists in real life. But nonetheless, she did live in, in kind of a rougher part. And there would be guys on the street, and I'm not here to judge, but I would imagine some of the things they were selling weren't necessarily Walgreens pharmaceuticals. And Aunt uh, and Paulu would not care. She would come out, hey, what are you doing? You ain't selling drugs, ain't you? You need to be at church, old son. And look, and I'm thinking, oh my God, Aunt Paulu about to get shot. And these guys would just be like, yes, Miss Larkin. They, they, no one, no one would challenge her. She left her windows open. No one ever broke into her home. Nothing. I remember one time I was with my mom, we was at a McDonald's on 28th and West Broadway, and it's about 70, between 70 to 80 degrees outside. Two guys walk in with coats on, and we're like, oh, it's going to be bad. And it's me, mom, and Aunt Palu. Aunt Palu turns around, hey, how y'all doing? Y'all ain't about to do nothing crazy, ain't you? Well, she just, she just starts talking to him. And then they'll be like, no, ma'am, no, 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 ma'am. And, and, and I'm like, how, how was this woman able to do this, you know? Now, here's the thing. I want to paint a little bit of a picture of her personality, but around two, year 2000, here's what happened. She comes down with cancer. It's malignant, it's fatal. She's at the uh, end, of, end of her life. My mom takes me over to see her, and we go in and see her. Most of her hair is gone from the chemo. Her skin has changed color considerably. And we're talking with her, and she starts asking my mom and I questions. She says, well, Rhoda, are, 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 you, are you sleeping enough? Are you, are, you, are you getting everything you need to do? You need to, you need to get some rest. And then she talks to me and she says, Tremaine, I know you had your after school program today. I'm sorry I couldn't be there to pick you up. And I'm thinking, you, you have cancer. It's terminal. I'm watching your body break down right in front of my face. And here you are. She had so much 
Christ in her that she was worried or concerned about our well-being over hers. Now, going back to this scripture here, when it talks about hallowed be that name, and we talked about the name of Christ being lifted up, hallowed, awesome, great, that's what that means. And then you see this next one, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, okay, Tremaine, you're, you know, this is a church for not so churchy people, and that sounded really churchy, all right? So, let's break it down a little bit. Kingdom, literally, for those of you who are taking notes, it literally means the king's dominion. So when he says his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he's saying through your faith, you execute his will and bring his dominion that's already established in heaven on earth. Here's how, or here's how I saw this in person. Paul was still in the hospital. During 2000, uh, Mayor Dave Armstrong was the uh, mayor at the time, and they started this program called Studios 2000. And in the program, the goal was to have, basically pick up the strongest artists from different schools and have them coach and train younger artists. So there was a big press conference. I got a chance to speak at the press conference with Mayor Armstrong, and I was like, man, that's really cool. And then they have interviews for the top artists. So my interview was on a Thursday. I get up that Thursday morning. I'm getting dressed. I'm getting ready for my interview. Mom comes in my door. Mom says, Termaine, I just want to let you know that we got a call this morning. And ain't Paolo's gone. She's passed on to heaven. She's with Jesus now. You want to talk about everything like a shot in the gut. I cannot remember anything that happened that day in class. I was just a glaze. I don't remember what was talked about. I don't remember anything. Class ends, bell for six period rings. I just hop on the bus. I head over to Grandma's house. I get over to Grandma's house. She says, and this is uh, Grandma Ferguson, who you saw earlier. She says, oh, I'm glad, to, I'm glad to see you, but I didn't know you were coming over today. I thought you had an interview. I completely forgot the interview. Now, as a side point, everything worked out fine. I was able to reschedule that. I did get that position, and it was good times. But here's what's even more important. I'm at my grandmother's house. I just lost one of the biggest influences in my life, and she just lost her baby sister. So there we are. And one thing you got to know about that side of my family is they're very private. There are a lot of things they do not like to share. But during this point, she was hurting. She was weak. So she started pouring things out to me, things that I didn't know. There were things that my mom didn't even know, one of which is that Aunt Paulu was diagnosed with cancer in 1973. She was given five months to live. It was terminal. Grandma said, month six, month seven, they kept saying, well, we don't know how you're still alive, but, you know, I guess, but just, just be ready. She kept going. She kept going. She kept going. Grandma tells me this. I immediately broke down in my grandma's arms. Because here's what I knew. God has a kingdom. Earth has a kingdom. If Earth's kingdom had its way, and when I say Earth's kingdom, I mean our flesh. I mean the Earth's way of doing things, the physical laws that we're all governed by. If Earth's kingdom had its way, then the single most influential human being in my life would have died 10 years before I was even born. 
but God. For her faith took God's kingdom and created tangible results in her life. What is God's kingdom on earth? It's God doing on flesh what flesh cannot do on its own. That is what her life represented to me. So what I did today was I went through the process of how I grew as a Christian. I went through the process of the different relationships that God put into my life to pour into me. Okay? One thing my business, one of my business mentors told me, there's two types of people you can, you can need to hang out with because you only have 24 hours in a day. People you can duplicate yourself through and people you can learn from. What does that mean in the Christian standpoint? People who we can spread the love of Christ with or gain the love of Christ from. But from these people's life, I was molded into a man of God, a person of faith. And the biggest thing that I got, especially from A. Paulu's life, was that my God is not just something that's out there. My God has tangible results. Okay? I don't, uh, and I say this with love, I know people have different backgrounds, but I just don't have enough faith to, to, I guess I'm just going to go and say it. I don't have enough faith to be, to be an atheist. I don't have enough faith to not believe in God. I don't say that to be offensive to anyone who has chosen that, that style or that thought process. All I'm saying is you can't tell me all the times I embraced my Aunt Paolo when she was supposed to be dead. You can't tell me all the times she poured into my life. You can't tell me that's not real because she was able to take God's kingdom and bring it on earth. God doing on flesh what flesh cannot do on its own.